Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to a brand new edition of the Man on the Post podcast. Uh, I'm Greg and I'm standing in for Ross on hosting duties t- today. Think of me as the Max Russian to uh, to James Richardson, so uh, don't expect too much. Um, but I'm joined by uh, Adam and Colin Hello. this week. Hello there. Hello, how are we both? Well, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Still struggling with cats. Um <laughs> Have we got any cat updates? Well, there's more. There's more of them. There's more cat shit. It um, could just be the same cat. Well, it could be. He's just busy. More. Yeah. Um, just one particularly malicious cat. Perhaps, but it, it's 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 not a million miles off chemical warfare now. You know, drastic <laughs> <laughs> drastic measures are going to have to be taken. Uh, Is the UN going to have to intervene? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Um, yeah, but it's it's getting out of hand now. I mean, I'm, I'm going out of like bleach and cleaning fluids at a, a fast rate of knots, just trying to lay it down, just to try and put them off with the smell. Blimey, heady days in Essex. Colin, yeah, Colin's yeah. front garden smells like a hospital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how how are things in central London, Adam? Uh, um, can you is the drama rivaling that of Essex there's zero cats um, haven't seen a fox in a while so uh, no unfortunately I don't live in central London I, I live in a little leafy part so do you know are you showing off yeah I know <laughs> good right it sounds like we're all okay so should we chat some football go for it why not? Let's start with events at the Emirates where Arsenal Wenger celebrated, was it 20 years? It's 20 year anniversary as Arsenal manager uh, by thumping Chelsea 3-0, which hasn't happened in quite a while. It's the first time they've scored against them in three years and it it was an embarrassing first half uh, for Chelsea. Were Arsenal good or were Chelsea that bad? Chelsea were that bad. They were terrible, weren't they? Yeah. Gary Cahill, England's lion, Gary Cahill, did not cover himself in glory for the first goal, did he? He made David Luiz look like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, um, it, it's uh, it's indicative of their that back force performance when you can say that David Luiz was the most consistent and solid presence amongst them. Yeah, just fullbacks that didn't want to be fullbacks. Um, it was almost it was almost as if like a kid rebelling. It was like. Jose never used to let us cross the halfway line, and Conte doesn't seem to let us do whatever we want. It was an, the the fullbacks uh, didn't want to be fullbacks, and then the, the wingers didn't fancy doing that either. And as, didn't do as much Bal- tracking back. Asbelacuatro and Hazard were having a competition to see who could stand highest up the pitch. Yeah, who could give Hector Bellerin <laughs> the most room possible? 
It was, yeah, Chelsea were abysmal from front to back. You, apart from Diego Costa was his usual irritating self, but he started to feel sorry for him, which is a, a strange feeling to have. To feel sorry for Diego Costa, but he was just so isolated and he was working so hard and there was nothing else there for him. No one else was uh, on the same radar as him. And Golo Kante had a pretty poor game as well. Um, got properly mugged off by Ozil for the third. I don't, I don't understand why you'd have two great defensive midfield players in Matic and Kante and decide to tell them that they both can play a little bit higher up the pitch than normal. Just, was... just play one of them and make them defend. Yeah, well, and you had Fabregas on the pitch as well, who can, who is, who isn't uh, an idiot defensively, is he? So he knows what. Uh... Well, that's not what Wenger would say. No. Um... So it's it was just an all round odd performance from Chelsea, but Arsenal. Let's not take any uh, credit away from them because if there's anyone who could still be abysmal against Chelsea when Chelsea are that bad, it is an Arsenal Wenger side. But they they were clinical. They absolutely put the game to bed in the first half and just just killed Chelsea off. And yeah, it was it, there was only one side in it from. As soon as Sanchez got that going on 10 minutes and then it was Walcott with the second two minutes later, that was the game done and dusted, wasn't it? Well, well, you say that, but I mean, I, I was watching this game live and I was chatting to uh, an Arsenal friend and, and even at 2-0 up, he wasn't confident. That's because he's an Arsenal fan. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think maybe you're not giving Arsenal the credit they deserve. I, I think... Were Chelsea that bad? I don't know. I mean, I, I just want to point out John Terry wasn't playing. Don't know if that had an effect on Chelsea. They couldn't have done any worse. Um, but I'd think maybe Chelsea didn't... Maybe Conte didn't set Chelsea upright for this game. Maybe they didn't expect Arsenal to go at them as hard as they did. Um, and... I'm not, I'm not going to go on about it too much because I, I, I always bang the drum for Arsene Wenger because he gets a lot of grief. But, you know, when he, when he deserves a bit of applause, I think he should get it. And uh, he definitely deserves it today. Because Chelsea aren't a bad team. But why does he deserve it? What did he do differently to make that... That was just... Arsenal just played and just... Chelsea were so poor that they fell into every Arsenal trap that possibly could be. That's I don't think that this was a brilliant Arsenal performance built on the back of some sort of Arsenal being a tactical masterclass I, I I disagree slightly I think that Arsenal obviously had a, obviously had a game plan I'm not entirely sure Chelsea did um, if you're talking about a team that was bad and let another team get the result if you like then that's West Ham Right, but we'll maybe we'll come on to them later. I don't think you could say that about Chelsea. They're not a bad team. I think they just got caught out. I don't, I, I don't think they were they were ready for it. Yeah, it was. It's Conte's first <clears throat> double uh, league defeats in seven years, I believe. So he's got after what looked was a solid start. If not spectacular, they've uh, he's under a tiny little bit of pressure, um, just to turn things around. And he they swapped a three at the back halfway through the second half, didn't they? Which didn't really seem to work, and they looked even more lost than they already were. And they went two up top, 
Um, but it will be interesting how that develops. But yeah, Arsenal were uh, clinical and you know, they played some nice football. And Granit Xhaka was uh, he came on what twenty five minutes in, and uh, he, he looked at that physical presence that Arsenal often miss. And he was uh, you can see why they've spent quite a bit of money on him. I, I just think just just to sort of like maybe close it out. I think if it the, if the result had been reversed and Chelsea won three nil, okay, everybody would have been lauding Conte. Everybody would have been saying how great Chelsea are, and everybody would have been slating Wenger. As it currently stands, no one's really applauding Wenger, and everyone's saying, "Oh well, Chelsea maybe had a bit of a bad day." Um, and I just think you've got to get it in perspective sometimes. But do you see what my point was, Colin, with that? Yeah, I do, yeah. Play, Arsenal, Arsenal players, Arsenal. So, everyone knew what Arsenal were going to be like before that game kicked off. Apart from Chelsea. Apart from Chelsea. So, that's on Conte. Yeah. Because Chelsea were terrible. However, if Conte had done something brilliant and had completely nullified Arsenal, Arsenal would have been exactly the same as they were and the result you talked about would have happened. So, absolutely rightfully people would have said well Conte that's brilliant and Wenger you've done the same thing again and look what's happened yeah no I see that yeah I, I agree with that yeah but be fair to him yeah it worked you're right now uh, up at Old Trafford in the early kickoff, uh, the champions ruined uh, another game by half time yeah ruined <laughs> <laughs> another televised game ruined at half time yeah and this was even more ruined because this was 4-0 at half time and yeah it was uh, what ten, three goals in 10 minutes was the end of the uh, first half uh, three out of the four goals came from corners uh, where Leicester were just woeful for, yeah they were woeful asleep for every single one of them the uh, Rashford one in particular I mean that was Oh. It was it was brilliant from Blinden Matter, but oh, just half asleep. And the marking for Pogba's one was non-existent. Um, it really wasn't very good from Leicester, was it? But again, Man United, a bit like Arsenal, um, they were clinical, and Jose made some changes, which seemed to pay off. One what changed to change. baby? Oh, um, I think. Uh, oh, I can't remember. Maybe. Chris Smalling getting Jordan the arm, yeah Chris Smalling getting the captain's armband probably did quite a a, a big turning point in that <laughs> um, no, of why course was we he captain well, well that's true Greg why, why was, was he captain, he captain? Uh, uh, the, the how to solve a problem called Wayne and uh, it seems like that problem is solved by dropping him to the bench and giving Marcus Rashford a start um, who made it three goals in a week and they just looked so much more fluid, didn't they? They didn't have uh, uh, Rooney occupying the same space as what uh, Ibrahimovic wants to and allowed to bring Rashford to the side. They just looked a lot more fluid. I th- I, just in true, um, let's pump him up before we try and burst the balloon. No English player has scored more goals than Marcus Rashford has since, he, since his debut. Well, yeah, and you, every goal he scores, they're, they're natural finishes, aren't they? He just gets into positions. and I mean, I think we have to bear in mind as well, he's surrounded by great players. Okay, so he's, he's not... 
if, if you want to use a Wayne Rooney example, he's not doing what Wayne Rooney was doing when he was at Everton, where he didn't perhaps have the same sort of calibre of players around him as as Rashford What are you trying to now. say about Lee Carsley? Yeah. <laughs> Thomas Graviton. <laughs> I mean, I, I, just to pick up on the Rooney thing, I've, I've said this before on a podcast, and I, I thought I might have been a bit harsh. I now think I probably wasn't. You know, I, I don't... I'm starting to not understand really where Rooney fits in. He's he's not their best striker. I mean, I'm not Ibrahimovic's biggest fan, but he's a presence, isn't he? he? He just seems to be in the right places at the right time, give everybody a lot of confidence. And Wayne Rooney's not the best midfielder that they've got either so I don't see where he's going to fit in on a regular basis I mean I'm not saying Wayne Rooney's a bad player right he's, he's excellent right but Manchester United I think as you were alluding to Greg just so much more fluid without him but he can play one game a week he can be a squad player for them James uh, um, James yeah. Horncastle made an interesting point Today on the European Football Show, say about how you know, the resurgence of Totti in the last um, year or so, um, about how he's uh, just been changed into a player who can come and influence things off the bench. And you know, when you think about the amount of games Rooney's played in his career, it's well over seven hundred um, at the age of what only thirty-one, thirty-two. So was it know, not he... more than was it not more than that, Greg? I thought I heard Gary Neville after the game yeah. say it was. It was eight something. I looked that up. I was like, that doesn't sound right. And I looked it up, and it is if you add up all of his club appearances in all competitions and um, his England caps, it's about seven hundred and twenty. Ah, so Gary um, Neville's just made a figure out. Yeah, he's but how? But what his point actually was the fact that Gary Neville played until he was what thirty six and had six hundred and something. Exactly, and Wayne's got five years on him and more games. Yeah, well, so maybe a hundred more games. It's not surprising that we're seeing this fairly dramatic decline because you can't expect someone who's played that much since the age of 16 to be firing on uh, you know on every cylinder every game for 90 minutes so maybe it's just a, a look at how how he can adapt his role and maybe that kind of influence off the bench might yeah. be a bit more telling on on the flip side though what you're saying is he's on the pardon the pun he's on the wane Right, so well, how long have you waiting to say that? I have. I just thought of that now. But the, but the thing is, first of all, what you're also could be interpreted as saying is he's past it. He's past his best. And if that is a the case, then why is he clinging on desperately to that England captaincy? If Chris Smalling is wears a captain's armband for Manchester United yet surely he can do a job for England as well why Why, why should it be only Wayne Rooney's well that's a matter for Big Sam to well is, yeah yeah safe hands that's a that's a another discussion for another day I think but there does come a, a point where you wonder completely what Mourinho's thinking was because like we said Man United were rampant and they absolutely put Leicester to the sword but in my opinion Leicester were terrible like we said their defending was woeful they had their goal came from their goal was fantastic but it came from something out of nothing 
And then beyond that, I remember them having a, a relatively good chance after that, and that was it in the entire game. It almost seemed like their mind was elsewhere, almost on a on a game <laughs> on Tuesday night, which when Vardy and Mares were hooked off at half time to rest them for that, you can maybe think that yeah, their minds elsewhere at the moment. And you can't blame them because it was always going to be difficult to hit the heights of last season. But uh, you, and now they've got a distraction as well. It, it makes me worry about their Premier League form. Oh yeah, I mean, it, I feel that like they will bully smaller teams at home, the likes of Swansea and Burnley, who they who they've beaten fairly comfortably. But they've had a tough start, and they haven't been picking up the uh, the results against the bigger stars like they were last year. Because remember when they went to Old Trafford last towards the end of last season. They went 1-0 down early on, but they didn't cave and they uh, got a point in the end, didn't they? But they didn't seem to have that, that fighting quality this time around. No, I, well, and that's exemplified by the fact that they've what, played Liverpool, Chelsea and Man United and conceded four goals Yeah, in all of those games. Now, United's neighbours, Manchester City, they picked up a... What's turned out to be a fairly comfortable three-one win in South Wales against Swansea. Uh, Guero getting two on his return from suspension, um, and uh, Sterling capping off uh, another good performance uh, with a, a tidy finish, which made it a perfect ten for uh, City and Guardiola. Is the title wrapped up already? Do we think? No. Yes. <laughs> right. Who should I let go first? Go on, then, Colin. Go on, Colin. Why is it not wrapped up? Because we've only played six games. Oh, but they've been so good, haven't they? They they have been so good, so they can only go one way. That's down. Um, I don't know. Have you seen them? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, hey, look. I doff my cap to Aguero. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. I mean, let's say he gets injured. Something like that happens to him. Um. He's just done three games out, hasn't he? They seem to do all right then. Well, that is true. That is true. Uh, I think Kevin De Bruyne is out, isn't he? Uh, for four weeks with a hamstring. Um, it, yeah, it's it's looking good. I have to admit, but I don't think after six games you can say, you know, they're going to run away with it. Do you want to counterpoint that, Adam? Just. Have you watched those six games? Yeah, I have. I have. They they are good, but I can't... I can't believe that they're just going to continue that run. Surely. God, no, they might draw the odd game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. No, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the thing is... And here's a question to you, Adam, because you know your Spanish football a lot better than me. I mean, just how much of this is Manchester City... And how much of this is Pep Guardiola? I think, did you see the highlights from uh, the game against Swansea in the week in the League Cup? Because um, one of the goals that was scored in that game was just incredible. It was a beautiful goal. And it was from the back, playing out. Uh, and it you can, in that one one minute video, you could see Guardiola's thought process and how you can stretch teams and take them apart and I do think it is all down to Guardiola and but you his look style when, of play 
and you look what he's doing with, with players, even in slightly unorthodox ways. So he's he's atta- attacking teams from completely different parts of the field, whether that's playing Kolarov as a centre half and or having Fernandinho step into this extra space because he's just pushing teams so far back. And the it's not just Aguero that's performing. De Bruyne's been fantastic so far this season. Raheem Sterling, who would have thought after six games he'd been involved directly either with goals or assists in nine goals from six games after the winter uh, after the summer he had. He um, looks like the, he looks like the same Raheem Sterling from 2014, doesn't he? Yeah, that. I mean, the goal yesterday when he's, you've got Sergio Aguero unmarked with an open goal on a hat trick. Um, to your right, but now nah, you're just going to do a couple of step overs, leave the defender for dead, and then just knock it in the in the, the near post. That is, that wouldn't have happened even you know four weeks ago. So you can you can kind of see what that individual coaching's done to done to Sterling. And they don't have Yaya Toure lumbering around the centre of the pitch. No, um... <laughs> his agent might have something to say about that, Adam. <laughs> well, his agent isn't coming on this po- podcast till he apologises. <laughs> right. Anything on Swansea or should we just... What I would say is, yes, last week Ross and I went to the the, um, the grandiose terms of calling Swansea completely abject. Um, and while they've still lost this game, they um, have probably ran Man City closer than any team has in the Premier League so far. So there is hope there. There's got to be something there. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe. I don't know. I just, they're going to be a funny team this year, I think. I think they're going to be. A, I stick by it. They're going to be a bad team. Yeah, but I, I just think that, that they'll was probably a, still beat Arsenal at home. That uh, was a surprise performance to me. Yeah. Uh, next up, Liverpool. Are they title challengers? No. No. What do you say, Colin? Um, again, it's too early to say. Um, apart from one bad pass, I thought James Milner was rejuvenated. Rejuvenated, in fact, I should say. Um, yeah, he, he, again, now this is one way you could say, was the other team that bad? I mean, maybe Hall have now hit the glass mountain. You know, and, down, and down to 10 men. Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was it was Al Mohammadi, wasn't it? Quality save. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing really he had to do it though, didn't he? I don't. I think it was just reaction, wasn't it? He, it was going in. Yeah. Um, if you use your brain, you probably just leave that. Just say oh, it's two 0 or whatever it was. Um, but keep eleven players on the pitch. But it was just pure reaction, wasn't it? Yeah, my, my my fear is that maybe Hull are potentially. I know they had a good start, but they could now be become whipping boys. Um, so I don't know how much you can put into Liverpool putting five past them, but and especially with ten men. Mm. Um, but I think if you're a Liverpool fan watching the way they play at the moment, it's exciting, isn't it? It's brilliant. They, well, there's um, always something. There's always something happening. Yeah, whether it's whether it's trying to score five goals and not being able to defend. It's yeah. one of the two, isn't it? But you never know. They they they, they defended all right against Chelsea when they turned them over at the bridge the other week. Um, and they are scoring goals for fun, aren't they? Uh, and they're 
their creative players are just a joy to behold at the moment. Um, and the Klopp influence is starting to, you can really see it in their play. So you never know. They might, I think they won't, they won't entice, they won't challenge City, but they'll be there and thereabouts in the top four, I think. They've just got to learn to not lose 2-0 against Burnley. Those kind of results, because the, the results against the bigger side seem to be taking care of themselves. Um, but it's but that just... is exactly what they'll do. They'll beat Arsenal at, at, at the Emirates. They'll, hit, they'll win at the bridge. Yeah. This was the kind of game where they probably were going draw nil-nil or one all. Uh, but they didn't. So maybe they, they, they're going to stop doing They that. potentially had a red card to thank for that. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Liverpool be, will be an entertaining side to watch nonetheless this year. Whether they can challenge for the title, I'm not too sure. But I think we'll see them around the mix for the top four. Particularly if Chelsea continue their not particularly fantastic start. But another side challenging, currently second in the league, are Tottenham Hotspur, who uh, won two, a relatively comfortable 2-1 win away at Middlesbrough. Um, their best start for 51 years, um, which after the collapse of last year, you wouldn't perhaps bet on seeing, but they started well again. Um, not really what they're known for, is it? I'm going to let Adam talk about Tottenham for a bit because I've got another thought on Spurs. Go on, you start us off, Adam. I don't know where I don't know where this is going. No, <laughs> this, uh, I'm intrigued. I don't I, I don't know what to say anymore. Um, Just keep it brief so we can hear what to <laughs> say. I think that this was um, all of these games are just important for Spurs. They're getting through what could be a very difficult period for them when without Harry Kane. But if they can have players chip in and and take some of that responsibility from other parts of the field, whether that be uh, Lamella in games or Deli Alley or, or Son in this one, and 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 Janssen could be a bit of the, the player that they, they hope he can be in the long run, then they should be all right. Because they, they've become... Mean defensively, absolutely mean, and um, like you said, Greg, I didn't have them down as having a fast start, so they have um, impressed me slightly. Now, Colin, go. Easy moment. <laughs> well, the the thing is, you say, oh, they might be all right. They might be all right. They might win the Premier League. Now, I've I've made some bold predictions in the past, but. We we didn't actually say who, as a man of the post, who was going to win or get relegated, I think, this season. But in our own sort of little private chat, we have a little WhatsApp chat. Um, I did, I believe, say Spurs were going to win the Premier League this year. Um, I just think they're a complete team. I, I, I don't think necessarily the most exciting, but I give them a chance of winning it. I really, really do. And uh, I know that you're going to both l- probably laugh at me, uh, Greg. Bye. I'm yeah. I'm I'm trying to remain impartial <laughs> as, as our as our host. Uh, but yeah, come on, Colin. Let's um, not be let's not be silly. I think we'll we'll see. 
I think there'll be a bit more clout behind your or vindication behind your shout by this time next week because they've got a tough trip away to Moscow in the week and then they host Manchester City next Sunday. If they can come through that week um, and get uh, get a result against City after a, a long away a European trip in the week, then then we'll see what Spurs are made of, particularly without without Kane. Um, yeah, that's my opinions on Spurs. I'm all for your prediction, Colin, but let's just see where they are next week. I, I don't think your prediction is ridiculous, Colin. You're talking about a team that um, as, uh, I know that they they fell away to finish third last season, but it, as far as I was concerned, they were the second best team in the Premier League last year. And you're you're talking about whether they can hang with with Man City, who might have might have the, these dips that you talk, you talked about. You never know. Um, I, uh, there is a chance as well that while I said they need to get through this period without Kane, that if they can do that, it could be a huge bonus for them because Kane is a, has looked like a tired footballer for a long time. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Mm. And and the thing is, I think that I don't know what you guys think, but I think that a lot of the sort of the laser focus of Manchester City is on doing really, really well in the Champions League, potentially trying to win it. And that's not on the radar for Spurs. And so I just wonder how, you know, when it when it gets down to the nitty gritty, how, how much, you know, what player's going to play for Man City when they're really going for it in, in Champions League. I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, obviously, if you win the Premier League, great. But I think I think they want to break it. I think I think they want to get that Champions League. I think that's why they got Pep in. Mm, I think they'll be City are more fighting on more fronts, aren't they? The uh, Champions League is a nice distraction for Tottenham, uh, but we'll see. Um, any words on Middlesbrough? Should we gloss over them? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they they came against a much better team, didn't they? Yeah, simple as that. Yeah, and the, the, I mean, the class showed, didn't it? In that, those opening twenty-five minutes. Um, should we talk about one of the uh, northwest, uh, northeast? Sorry, uh, rivals, uh, Sunderland. <laughs> uh, sorry, I can't even say their name without laughing. Um, but just they were so close to winning in September. They were so close. They were 2 0 up with 20 minutes left. And they endeavoured to lose 3 2 with the, the winner for Crystal Powers coming in the 91st minute from Shamba. Just, just all round shambolic defending. Silly free kick given away when the man's going nowhere. And then just the worst example of zonal marking, leaving Benteke with a free header six yards out. Are they done? Are they goners? No, because no. it's, it's September and they don't win games. So uh, next in what this time next week it will be October. <laughs> um, who are they playing? They haven't got Newcastle either to kind of kickstart their season. <laughs> that would only help if they fired a manager. <laughs> yeah, um... I, I see Sunderland a little bit like um, like a sort of rap act. You know, it should be renamed. Jermaine Defoe featuring Sunderland you know because I think that's all that that club is all about if there's no Jermaine Defoe 
there is no goals and there is relegation. So the only the only chance I'd give them is if Jermaine Defoe stays fit and great as he is. They said this on Match of the Day last night and I thought, hang on, he scored two yesterday. How, <laughs> how much more can he do? Well, hat trick. Yeah. Well, I don't think they're going to create three clear-cut chances for him every game. It's There's only so much he can do when the blokes up the other end are going to be as lackadaisical as they are. But yeah, uh, Palace. <laughs> Padre's won three in a row. Out of nowhere. Is it three in a row? It is, isn't it? Palace look like they could be sneaky good. Yeah, kind of like they're going to finish 10th. Yeah. Uh, kind of good. That is sneaky good for them, but I think when they're playing with um, with, Benteke, with Benteke and the um, the width that they have, they look like a team who can score goals against anyone. Yeah. I mean, the delivery for Benteke's goals was exactly what... He wants, and they're playing to his strengths, and that's free on the free on the bounce now. So um, they look like they could be sneaky good, uh, and suddenly look like they could be obviously bad. Uh, who else is down the bottom? Stoke, Stoke, whole oh, Stoke, another one who uh, gave away a needless set piece in the last minute and then conceded from it. Um, they uh, they drew. One all with uh, West Brom on Tony Pulis's thousandth game as a manager, going back to where he spent ten long years of those of his management career, and he had to get something, didn't he? And he did. And uh, Mark Hughes must be a very frustrated man at the moment. Yeah, must be must be difficult for him because he's got there's a lot of different personnel and players gelling. I think that he. I think he has a clarity of thought that he knows what he's trying to do, and it's just not working out for him at the moment. No, well, they too fair. This is they're in the exact same position as they were at this stage last year. Two points on the board from six games. Um, so, and they finished in the top half last year. So, um, I don't think that they'll be troubling anyone down the bottom. Uh, they're not getting the rub of the green, are they? At the moment, there's lots of uh, they. This new holding rule seems to have caught them out, and now they're. they're Shitting themselves whenever they concede a corner or free kick. Um, yeah, it's almost like Ryan Shawcross now isn't good enough to play for a top four team. No, um, or did anyone in the state back four? Um, how, how how much money did Stoke spend in the transfer window? Did they spend big or or not? I'm trying uh, to um, Joe Allen, who I think was yeah, she wasn't too bad value. For the uh, experienced player that they got, they, I don't think they brought too many. Wilfred Boney's on loan. Yeah. Um, they did go big in January, though, didn't they? They brought in uh, Mbula yeah. for twenty mil plus, who now is sitting on the bench. Um, but yeah, they no, they've assembled a decent squad. It's just not going their way. This happened last year. I think they'll they'll come good in the end. I'm not so sure, you know. I, I, I'm not sure if... Mark Hughes always seems to do this, isn't he? Does really well, and then it sort of peters off a bit, and then eventually gets booted out. And I just wonder if that's another sort of... It's another repeat scenario. Um, 
I hope they stick with him. Um, but pff, what is it now? Eleven goals conceded. Maybe they were in this position last year, but you, you know he's not going to get too long before he might get the boot. Yeah, perhaps only saving graces. I can't see a whole load of other good managers out there swimming around. Maybe there's somebody in Europe out there. Um, but even the likes of Brendan Rodgers isn't around to stink out the joint because exactly. because he's in the SPL. So, well, they've got Manchester United away next, so it doesn't get much easier. But after <laughs> they have, they have Sunderland, Hull, and Swansea. Um, so if you want to get your season up and running, you probably want uh, a set of fixtures like those. What are you trying so, to say? What Sunderland in October? I don't think so, mate. Oh well, all right, Hull in October then. <laughs> um, so they'll they'll more than likely lose next week, but uh, I think they'll get up and running uh, soon enough. Uh, Adam, what happened with Everton this weekend? Well, I thought they were going to win the league. Yes, That's what everyone was... was raving about them, and then they've gone down to plucky little old Bournemouth. If I'm honest with you, it was less painful than last time we went down to plucky old Bournemouth. Oh, what the three all? That devastated me. <laughs> um. I don't know, we're just bad. Um, and bad. We, were, we, were bad we were bad on Tuesday night as well. Um, it's Norwich, yeah. You wonder if there's just perhaps if uh, the changes that were made midweek have caused a little bit of a, a, a sort of loss of, um, not momentum, well, yeah, momentum and oh. cohesion in the team. Yeah, a bit of disjointedness. Yeah, um, that was a bad performance. So we, we got just get it out of our system. <laughs> Move on. Mm. Um, Barkley report pretty poor by all accounts yesterday. Overshadowed by Jack Wilshire. Um, is Barkley coming on as expected? Is he developing as a footballer? <laughs> That's a good question. That is a good question. Yeah. He he could go one of two ways, couldn't he? He could go one of two paths. You know, and you you have to think where his future lies. Is it is it still gonna be with Everton? And if it is with Everton, then he's gotta step it up, I think. And he's gotta I, like, think, a, I think a, I think he needs to pick a position. Well yeah. He's gotta put his stamp on Everton. It's it's gotta be he's gotta be the big name at Everton, hasn't he? Um, I've, I, I've, uh, uh, he, uh, if I'm honest with you, I'd say no, he's probably not. But I think that everything that's wrong with Ross Barkley is all in his head. It's, it's all he tries to do too much with it. Yeah, it's Always. all the mental side of the game. He has to do everything by himself. And that often leads him down, nine times out of ten, will lead him down a blind alley. The one time it leads him to see something special but it's getting that to be more consistent so so let me get this right we're not talking about like a Jack Grealish um, or a Jack Wilshire, you know smoking fags getting blasted or anything like that it's just it's not that he's a bad lad it's just that he hasn't got it in his head necessarily how to play or or is he maybe thinking too much one of those things, but he's making bad decisions on the pitch, whatever's happening. Um, sometimes 
he could he just needs as Greg says he sometimes he just needs to keep it a lot simpler because um his strength becomes his biggest weakness because he's so good at running with the ball and and driving at a team but when he's doing that and losing the ball that's not helping anyone especially when you're under well under Martinez and under Kuma when you're trying to play a a more possession based game let me give you the scenario ask uh, Adam I'm in charge of Arsenal January transfer window or the next summer transfer window I say to you as in charge of Everton I'll give you 50 million quid for Barkley would you take it yes or no yeah you'd take it yeah really could could I have him for 20 then (laughs) (laughs) that that is that is how Arsenal would do it yeah (laughs) okay well no that's fair enough that that, that just disappoints me a little bit because I'm I'm hoping that he might be like a a shining light in, in the England team that you know, is is like the next wave of players that come through, whether it be like Rashford and himself. But he just seems to, for whatever reason, just be falling by the wayside. But because um, because it's all in his head, as far as I'm concerned, it's he's the kind of player that could just have a eureka moment. He could become that player overnight. Well, yeah, he can score a banger, can't he? No, well, that's not what I mean. Oh. He can become he can become that player who can provide the team everything overnight because he he isn't useless to them because he can do all those brilliant things. But at the same time, when he's not doing that, he's circulating the ball and getting the ball to other players who can do do special things, whether that be Balassi or Lukaku or Delafeo or Morelas. It's not like it's a team short of players and he has to put it on his shoulders every time. Mm, interesting. Should we uh, talk about Slavon Bilic and West Ham quickly? I didn't watch this game but it sounds like they're absolutely abject and there's something not quite right there at West Ham. I know, uh, those West Ham players need to sort that out because Slavon Bilic looks like he's once killed a man. Yeah, um, do we do we think that it's just the players not performing to expectations or is this a case maybe last season West Ham still had a little bit of Allardyce blood in them which gave them that steal they had the, the last year at the bowling ground to, uh, that made every home game quite special and they had players like Pyatt who uh, surprised a lot of people and now they're not quite as they've maybe lost that touch of Allardyce they've not got the new manager bounce. They're settling into their new stadium and that's quite looking quite difficult. And uh, they're not a surprise anymore. Do we think all those things have added up and maybe Bilic isn't all that we thought he was last year? I, I think you've hit the nail on the head, Greg. Because I don't necessarily think that Bilic is a bad manager. He's still the same manager he was last year. But I think there was an attitude of West Ham performing potentially above themselves they were sort of plucky West Ham now they're rebranded as the London Club the London Stadium I think potentially some of the players I'm not saying they've got inflated egos but they may think they're perhaps better than they are 
um, and they're potentially being found out, and maybe they're not giving it a hundred percent. So well, I think maybe they have got inflated egos when you start to see stories coming out that Dimitri Payet was upset that he wasn't allowed to speak to Real Madrid in the summer. Hmm. Things like that. I, I completely agree with everything you said there, Greg. But I, um, to the fact that I still think Fabilic could be a, is a good manager. Um, I think that all of those things maybe pushed West Ham from the team that was maybe sort of 10th, 12th to a team that was able to finish where they did last season. And I thought that when you took all those things away and you added in a new stadium, which hampers every team I can ever think of, that they were maybe a team that was destined to be sort of finishing around um, the, the the top of the second half of the table. Where, so we're talking like maybe sort of like 13th, 14th. So, but they need to get their act together because it, it does seem like it stinks at West Ham at the moment. It's not, it doesn't seem like a, a good environment at the moment, does it? It sounds like it's a little bit of a balancing act between money, which obviously the owners are very keen on, and quality on the field. You know, whereas if you're a Manchester United, you know, like they have done, they've just thrown money at players. They're at this sort of, I think, unsure stage of what to do next. You know, are they a big club now, or are they a small club now, or or, or what happens? I mean, I, I think that's maybe just playing with them a bit. But yeah, I, th- I think Adam, you might be right. Maybe there are just a few too many egos in there. And I mean, I, I wouldn't want Billich to go. I mean, because the, the simple fact is, if he went, he'd get snapped up straight away by another Premier League club, surely. I think if very quickly, you'd think so. Uh, now I don't particularly want to talk about Southampton, so we'll uh, we'll move on. Um, to, uh, um, uh, to, this is what you get, Ross. Uh, but you don't be in charge. Um, so, Colin, I want you to tell me all about goal machine Chris Wood, please. Wood, oh Wood! What a goal from Chris Wood! He's done it again for Leeds United. Only this time, he looks like he has won it. Uh, well, he's not a cold machine. Um, oh, wow. Oh, right, right. He, how many has he got in his last... Five, is it five and five now for Leeds United? We've dipped down to the championship now, uh, where Chris Wood has been banging them in for Leeds United and mm. put them within uh, touching distance of the of the championship playoffs. How many has he got in a row now, Colin? Uh, I don't know. Is it is it four and four or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, I, I and... What did you describe him as... Uh, I think it probably it seems like earlier in this week you can you compared him to a burger that Burger King do a whopper a whopper I did, I thought that would be uh, a compliment but <laughs> um uh, okay well let's let's just put this straight I mean in the back <laughs> in the background he's Ross is his biggest fan I'm not I d- I don't think he's a striker right however. For whatever reason, whether they're bouncing off his backside or scores goals, Colin. Yeah, he scores goals. He's coming good, okay. Um, And I will continue to berate the man while he's still scoring because it seems to be working. (laughs) So, um, 
I, look, honestly, I don't think he's all that. And if anybody wanted to buy him off, as I'd, I'd bite the hand off. But um, yeah, I, ca- I can't disagree that he's, he's he's doing a good job at the moment, and uh, he's um, he's hot property in the championship at the moment. So yeah, he's doing well. Leeds are doing well. It's crazy days. <laughs> I, I, I think it is. Is it? What the record they've got at the moment is something like uh, f- was it five or six games undefeated or clean sheets or something? I can't recall. Um, but that's like a record for like since two thousand and three or something. So um, yeah, it all seems to be fitting into place at Leeds, which is a very bizarre thing to say. Let's wait. Give it a couple of weeks. Yeah, give it a couple of weeks. And that swingometer um, will be. Moving dramatically, I can imagine. Anything else in the championship happen? I saw Derby continued their hilarious start to the season by losing at home to uh, the walking shambles that is Blackburn Rovers. <laughs> There's something not right there, Greg. There's, some, <laughs> there's something not right there at Derby, and, and well, you can often say that, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been there, I can yeah. <laughs> attest to that. But they should be better than they are. Spent, they spend a lot of money, a lot, and they've got Nigel Pearson as well, who I think is a little bit, um, you know, he's, he's a bit like a toss of a coin. He can be fantastic, but I think but he, he could also, be a car crash. Yeah, I think he could be a car crash, and um, if Derby continue like they're doing at the moment, then it, he, they're going to get rid, surely. Mm-hmm. They spent a lot of money, but they sold their best player, didn't they? What, Chris Martin? Yeah. On loan to Fulham in the weirdest transfer. Mm. Day. <laughs> well, they've got, they spent £8 million on uh, Mattia Vidra. And he's a good player. He's a good player to score at the weekend, but. The they, one who played, is that the same guy who played for Watford? Watford, yeah. Couldn't do it in the Premier League for West Brom. Yeah. £8 million they spent on him, but. Uh, so yeah, Derby's poor start continues. Who leads the, who's top of the pack? Norwich, isn't it now? Who have gone under the radar with the the big fish of Newcastle and Villa taking up quite a lot of the attention, but uh, Newcastle Norwich are top of the part in the championship. Any any championship news you want to add, Adam? Doesn't Villa's hilarity mean they deserve the attention? Uh, they got a point. A point <laughs> against yeah. Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, they'll do. They probably didn't do that last year. And where um, are they in the table? They are near the. They're in the bottom half. Good. Um, uh, we'll skip League One, uh, and we'll quickly as, pop... <laughs> as tradition dictates. <laughs> yeah, um, and we'll pop down to League Two quickly. Uh, where Portsmouth moves up to second, uh, of a, a crushing five-one win over Barnet uh, at the weekend. Uh, if you haven't seen already, try and check out Gary Roberts's goal because if uh, Messi does that, we're talking about it for three weeks afterwards. Uh, when Gary Roberts does it. We're not talking about fruits, but it is a, a very aesthetically pleasing goal. Uh, when the centre back, he turns the centre back who ends up on his ass, and then he outside of the boot into the top corner. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, check it out. And they're up to second. Um, their ports are also the first side, uh, the seventh side in this is league history, uh, in consecutive home games to score one, two, three, four, and five goals. But no one has ever got to six. 
So there we are. That's a, a target for next week. No pressure. No pressure. It was a big game next week against Doncaster, who are uh, in the top six. So I can't see us putting six past them. Well, well let's have a quick chat about Portsmouth, Greg. Um, you're second in the table. Um, if I understand it correctly, three go up automatically. Yeah. Um, so you're looking good at the moment. You've still got Cook in charge, haven't you? Yeah. Um, is it now or never? Is this the season? This, yeah. It's, there's only so long you can go to places like Newport County. And, uh, as fun as my, those trips to places like that are, um, this is the year, um, one of the bigger budgets. If you look at, compare to last season, there was quite a few nil-nils to start with at home and that seems to have been eradicated. Um, we're sticking four or five past teams at home now. So if we can get our away form right, which has started off uh, fantastically, I think only one win on the road so far. If we can get that going then and keep the pace at the top and not have a, a, a winter meltdown, uh, then you'd like to think top three is achievable because I don't want to be in the playoffs ever again. Mm. That was horrible last year. A, a, an experience that scarred me to my very core. I mean, just tell me as a fan and also for the area as well, um, obviously I'm not in Portsmouth, but how disastrous would it be if you didn't get out this time round? Um, it's not, it's not the end of the world. I mean, we still get, this is our fourth season, um, in this division and we, um, had 16,500 in Fratton Park yesterday with only 200 away fans. So, you know, we had uh, crowds bigger than QPR, Preston, uh, a couple of other championship games, crowd bigger than Bournemouth in the Premier League. So, you know, it's it's won't, wouldn't be the end of the world, but... Um, It'd be pretty it's, awful. It's about time, yeah. Because every year we're billed as these favourites. Um uh, to go up because of the size of the club, um, and it is about time we delivered. And to be fair, this year, I know I've said it every year, but we look slightly more equipped, um, uh, better equipped than last year. We've solved the goalkeeping problem. We've uh, uh, Gary Roberts is uh, looking like the player that we thought he would be, and we've got one of the most one of the most natural finishes I've ever seen in nineteen year old Connor Chaplin, who is destined for big things um, so we're slightly better equipped this year but we'll have to see how it goes because League 2 anything can happen down there anything oh is, is Connor Chaplin one of yours is he he is he's yeah, not alone or anything no he is one of ours um, from Portsmouth um, that's alright Leeds will have him <laughs> yeah so um, yeah he's he's apparently been interesting some other, uh, some bigger clubs um, towards the top end of the championship and in the premiership as well so we'll, if we can keep up him and if he can start he scored I think five goals this season he's only started one game so um, I think he'll be key for us this year Could you? Could it not be important as you said about um, about being more equipped to be a team that can go up when when you're ready because you know what I could be talking well out of line here but it strikes me as someone who does who knows virtually nothing that the 
the difference in quality between League Two and League One isn't that great. No, it, I don't think it, it is that big. The difference and, and um, the difference the difference in revenue probably is it's not like it's not like you going up early and doing a Burnley is is beneficial because you're going to come down and have a shed load more money than everyone else from your parachute payments. That's not going to happen. Mm. So is it not a case of being able to take a proper step forward instead of taking having maybe taken one forward last season only to potentially be in a season where you're taking one back now? Yeah, I think if you look at Paul Cook's record as a manager, he's never finished uh, below sixth um, in his career. And he, when he took Chesterfield up as champions from League Two, they got in the playoffs in League One next year. So I don't um, think there's much difference between the leagues. Um, and I do think we're better equipped now. Um, the goalkeeper situation we had, I think we played six goalkeepers last year. This year we've got David Ford in on loan from Millwall. That's made such a big difference. Um, and he's just, he seems to have recruited well and the, the attacking players, we've got more strength in depth. Um, so I would say if we went up this year and we kept the nucleus or the most of that squad, then we'd be comfortably mid-table in League and- One. Just on that as well, you make a really important point, Adam, because I, I agree with you. I don't think there's a huge amount of difference between League 1 and League 2. But the problem that Portsmouth have is that if they have any talents, especially younger players, then the next sort of echelon, if you like, is like the championship. Some of those teams will come in, try and tempt those players with a, a slightly better wage you know, with the hope of maybe one day reaching the Premier League and, and steal them off them. Now, hopefully, I mean, I don't know if you can clarify on this, Greg, hopefully because you're fan-owned, you wouldn't be as under much pressure to, to sell your quality as, as perhaps other clubs that are on the breadline are. No, um, well, we, if you look, take, we've, uh, over the last couple of years, we've had players like Jed Wallace and Adam Webster who were, who've been fantastic young players. Um, they've gone to Wolves and Ipswich, respectively. Um, and we were under no need to sell them, but it was uh, mainly done you know, for the good of their career. They'd outgrown us um, and they needed to, an opportunity to go and um, show what they're capable of uh, at higher division. So we're, we're under no uh, obligation to sell. Um, we've got a very good structure. By the way, uh, 51% of the club's owned by the supporters and the other 49 is owned by the club presidents who are uh, high net worth uh, supporters. Um, so there's no need to have to sell those crown jewels until they're ready and they've outgrown us. Should we round it off there? I think I think, I think think we've talked enough about Portsmouth. Yeah. Um, oh, Ross is going to be frantically editing shit yeah, out. None of this is going to make the... <laughs> uh, none of it. Um, do we want to touch on what's happened in Europe or should we... Because I, I, we are, we are nearly at an hour. I think I think we're an hour. I think yeah, we I think out. we'll we'll get in trouble if we don't. Um, okay, so we've talked about almost every game. It feels like from uh, within the uh, the English football league this weekend. Um, uh, is there anything else you, or, uh, Adam, uh, or you, Colin, want to pick up on before we go? No, I think we've covered all the uh, all the big teams. Yeah, all the big teams. <laughs> That's why Samson didn't get mentioned. Uh, um, so, good. Um, any parting uh, gestures or gifts to the listeners, or are we just rounding off there? 
I'll just say, as always, remember, you can get us on Acast. Um, we're also on iTunes as well. Download, subscribe. Absolutely. Five-star reviews. Rate and review. Five-star reviews. Get us up those charts. Get us up those charts. And, uh, yeah, that'd be much, much appreciated. Fantastic. All right, then. It's time to say goodbye. Have fun editing this, Ross. Um, I'm sure you'll... It'll be an easy job. We've spoken a lot of sense for the hour <laughs> that we've provided. Uh, so, it's a goodbye from Colin. Goodbye. It's a goodbye from Adam. Bye. And it's a goodbye from me. And always remember to keep your man on the post. No, have your man face. What have I done? Leave that in, so Ross. Leave that in. I've got so close to the end. And I've just messed up. I've forgotten the catchphrase <laughs> I came up with. What is it? Um, remember to always have your man on the post. That's it. Nailed it. No. Lovely Clean. stuff. What a finish. <laughs>